disappeared into the hungry jaws of the river. He broke into a hard run and hurried to his village. He went to the village crier's teepee and, panting, he stepped inside. Go, he cried. Carry the word among our people that we should abandon the island. Tell everyone to take what they can in their canoes. Put the horses on the rafts that have been prepared for the possibility of a time like this. Go, Sun Spirit. Spread the word quickly. Forgetting his own possessions in his worry about the safety of his people, Black Wolf helped everyone, and then, one by one, led the horses to the rafts and secured them with ropes to the sides of the small river craft. He watched as his people began carrying the lodge poles and folded buckskin coverings of their lodges to another raft, carefully laying one against the other. Black Wolf then began making trips in his canoe to and from the island to the Illinois side, helping move as many of the women and children as he could to safety on higher ground. His heart ached when he heard some of his people loudly mourning the loss of their new village, this place they had grown to love as their home. It was hard to accept another loss in their lives, especially their land. It was as though history was repeating itself. Would it ever end? Black Wolf wondered in despair. As he rode one more time across the river to the island in his empty canoe, he looked over his shoulder at some of those who were on the Illinois side, putting their arms across each other's shoulders. Ho! Ho! Suddenly a huge limb came rushing through the water and collided with Black Wolf's canoe, spilling him overboard. The current was so strong he was swept quickly away, taking him from the sight of those who had witnessed what had happened. Everyone stared in panic-stricken silence at the river. Its wide-open jaws had swallowed their beloved leader. He was gone. Black Wolf fought to stay afloat. He bobbed up and down in the river. He coughed and strangled on water that was forced down his throat each time he was pulled under the surface again by the force of the current. His muscled arms finally kept him afloat long enough to get him closer to shore and he reached land far down river from where his people had last seen him. As he crawled exhaustedly onto the muddy, rocky embankment, the roaring wind whipped a limb from a tree, sending it down onto Black Wolf's head and knocking him unconscious. As he lay there motionless among the rocks and mud, the river roared on past him. The lightning flashed. The thunder roared. Madeline Penrod shoved the wet scrub brush in circles along the wood floor of her cabin, the suds bubbling dark and dirty around it. When Maddie heard a growl of thunder outside in the distance, she reciprocated with a low groan. <sighs> mud and more mud, she whispered, blowing a damp strand of her golden hair back from her face. When her father had first built this cabin so close to the Ohio River, none of the family had thought about the possibility of floods. They had come from higher country in Kentucky, where sometimes people even prayed for rain in the spring. Hi, Maddie, I'm back, Jamie said as she ran into the cabin. She grabbed a rifle that always stood at the side of the door for quick protection if anyone came that posed a threat to the two sisters, who had been left alone to fend for themselves. Their mother had died while giving birth to a child one year before, the baby having been stillborn. Only recently, their father had been knifed to death in the dark shadows of the forest. Maddie sighed heavily as she stared at how her sister was dressed. Jamie, I shouldn't have allowed you to buy those boys' breeches and shirts at the general store in Rivertown. I don't know what I was thinking to allow you to take the scissors to your hair, clipping it so short you now truly look like a boy. 
because you got tired of hearing me fussing all the time about how my long red hair got so tangled while outside riding, shooting, or working in the garden, Jamie said playfully, her green eyes dancing. That's why, sis. Maddie stepped outside with Jamie. Her eyes were drawn to the sky when she heard another low rumble of thunder. She shivered when she saw the big, black, rolling thunderclouds approaching overhead. She gasped and jumped when a jagged streak of lightning lit up the darkening sky. Then she sucked in a deep breath as a flock of split-tailed swallows suddenly swooped down around her, sweeping low, then high in a frenzy of flight. It's an omen, she said, giving Jamie a quick, frightened look. Mama said swallows are holy. When they act peculiar as they are today, what do you think it means? Hogwash, Jamie said, her eyes also following the path of the swallows. It means nothing. There aren't such things as omens.